Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Pop Law Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm still not your attorney. Pop Law Podcast is presented to you by Revolt Podcast Network. Pop Law is back with a new sound, same show, and all things pop culture and law. On this episode, I am sitting down with record producer, songwriter, and musician Omar Grand. We will be discussing the record production process, music sampling, and interpolation. Please welcome Omar Grand. What up, Omar? What's going on? Nice to see you. Thank you, thank you. Thank Thank you for coming on Pop Law. Thank you for having me. So Omar is a friend of mine. I haven't seen you in what, about a year? No. It's been a while. We've been working, real busy. Been locked in. So before we get into the topic, let me tell everybody a little bit about you. So as I said, you are a record producer, yep. songwriter, and musician from the Bronx. Yep. And you currently live in Los Angeles. Omar is best known for co-producing hits like Frenemies by Fabulous, Get Throw by Don Tolliver, and Plan B by Megan The Stallion. Omar's sound is influenced by gospel, 90s R&B, my favorite genre, reggae, jazz, and trap music. From playing various instruments to arranging music, directing live performances, or adding gospel chords over bouncy trap beats, Omar the Great does it all. Everybody, again, welcome Omar. So before we get into the topic, whose song is it anyway? (laughs) That's cute, right? Uh, (laughs) Let's get into some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Let's get it. Caramel or caramel? Mm, Caramel. Beach or pool? The beach. East Coast or West Coast? Come on. East. <laughs> what? East. Where you live I, at, though? I mean, listen, I love the West. I love LA. Great weather. I don't have to deal with the snow, but <laughs> from the Bronx, All East right. Coast. These get harder. Oxtail or curry chicken? Oxtail. Hands down. Hands down. You know my body or plan B? You know my body. Okay, so these are both songs that you produce. Tell us a little bit about them both. Uh, well, Plan B was done, um, I co-produced that with my boy Rob Holiday. Uh, we were actually in Vegas, and um, it was a camp situation, and he pulled the sample up, you know, we created it together. It was, the version that came out now is a little stripped back, but um, just glad that it came out nonetheless. And that's Megan the Stallion yep. song, right? Okay, yep. okay. And You Know My and Body. You Know My Body, that was done um, with my boy Dizzy in AAA for Dream Doll. Um, that was a special one because Dream Doll, she's actually from the Bronx too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. all of us are from New York. So it was just like all the producers from New York, the artists from New York. It was just like, you know. A New real York New vibe. York vibe. It was a vibe. Was <laughs> so a vibe. You know what I'm, I'm not from New York, yeah. but I lived in New York for mm-hmm. nine years. So I definitely know what it you is. You love it. You love it. I had to get out before I hit 10 years or I would have been a New Yorker. Right. I'm proud okay. to say that I've never owned a pair of Tim's. <laughs> <laughs> so I made Tim's, it. Man. You had a pair of Forces, though. Yeah, Everybody yeah. I mean, we yeah. wear that in a bay, I so. Mean, yeah. It's still, I don't, that's another conversation. I never had phone posits. I'm happy oh, yeah, about right. that. Yeah, phones, of course. Certain ones. They started getting crazy with the colorways, but the originals, pearls, warriors. Right. Yeah. 
All right, so we had our little New York memories. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, before we get into that, we talked about oxtail or curry chicken. Mm -hmm. You put me on to Omar's Kitchen. At oh, first, yeah. I thought it was owned by you, but we might as well, because you tell everybody in New York to yeah. go there. Um, well, since we're talking about yeah. it, tell people what Omar's Kitchen is. I mean, is. that's family. That's that's a childhood friend of mine's. Uh, he created Omar's Kitchen. Um, I have a friend, Kevil, as well, and he has a restaurant, Kokomo. So they're yeah. both like, we all grew up together, and to see that they have both like successful restaurants, like and Caribbean really, inspired yeah, food, kinda, yeah, kind of you know fusion based. It's kind of mixed with a lot of you know different vibes. So it's great, you know. what I'm saying, Very, like just proud of them, honestly. Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> at Omar's Kitchen, it was the first time I had curry oxtail, mm -hmm. and I love curry chicken and mm -hmm. oxtail, but curry oxtail to mix, I'm like, all right, crazy. See? He knew what he was doing with that. Put the vibe together for you, you know what I'm saying? All right, so That's what's up. But facts of the case. To frame this episode's discussion about music production and the song making process, we will be looking at the controversy surrounding the Fuck Nigga Free song, or FNF, dispute between Hit Kid and Glorilla. We will also be talking about the backlash that Queen B has received from various artists for her songs on the Renaissance album. Now, y'all know Pop Law Podcast kind of moonlights as the mm -hmm. Beyonce show, so mm -hmm. I do not take any B slander <laughs> lightly. Um, so can't before mess with we... the hives, man. The beehive is crucial. Beehive is real. I don't know why it's people real. be trying it. So let's talk about the hit kid gorilla dispute mm -hmm. first. Um, essentially, this dispute is about ownership. Allegedly, hit kid and gorilla own. 50-50 of the FNF song. However, she allegedly signed away her masters and her publishing rights to CMG, the label. Hit Kid retained his ownership right in the song and only signed a distribution and marketing deal. And obviously we have not seen these agreements, right. so we are yeah. going off of what we know publicly, right? Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on, I feel like, on that topic on the internet. Like, There's a lot of different, I feel like, details that um, are not known, so yeah. it's kind of like I don't want to say it's hard to hard to say because I mean if you look at it, I think it's really transparency. Yeah, I feel like his his intention was to really do a girl group thing, mm -hmm. and her intention was to say, okay, I mess with y'all, I'm still rock with y'all, but that's not what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think intention should have been clear. Um, but I think either way you put it. It's hit kids record, and I feel like it's not something that can't be worked out. They just got to do business at this point. And yeah. I feel like the song shouldn't be able to, you know, not be heard or not be, you know, coming out on her EP or anything like that. Like, yeah. just do business. It's a, it's a big hit. Yeah. But I believe he's putting out an album, so he wants it on his song, too. Right. So that's where we get this dispute, right? I mean, he put it out first, though. It's hit kid featuring Glorilla. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they, you know... He gave her 50% of the song, which is, you know, the right thing to do. Um, there was another piece in there. Again, these are internet, you know, uh, speculations, but a distribution deal and yeah. $50,000. I mean, um, if that's true, I definitely would have put her on and had her a part of that, too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the only thing that I see. But, um, yeah, at this point, I feel like they just got to do business. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just license it to CMG. Have it come out, you know, and uh, that's pretty much it. It shouldn't be a thing, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, a deal, of course, right. is only as good as you negotiate. Exactly. And then sometimes when people are just starting, they don't necessarily have the same team in place or they're new artists and they don't negotiate what they think that they're worth at that point. And so 
You know, the problem that a lot of artists have is when they blow up, then they want to renegotiate and nobody is obligated to yes. renegotiate. At that point, you know, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. Absolutely. And having a team in place, you know, having people to kind of take care of, you know, that those matters are very important. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the B situation. So mm -hmm. in the case of the Epic Renaissance album, by Beyonce, of mm -hmm. course, artists <laughs> such as Khalees and throwback group Right Said Fred have expressed frustrations about their songs being included on the Renaissance album. Right Said Fred song, I'm Too Sexy, mm -hmm. is included on the song Alien Superstar, mm -hmm. and the group members receive writing credits. Milkshake, performed by Khalees, was included on the song Energy. Mm -hmm. Khalees expressed her disdain for the inclusion on Beyonce's album because she said Beyonce did not ask her for permission to use the song in advance. However, Khalees apparently had no ownership rights in the song in the first place. Mm. So the question here is, did Beyonce need to ask Khalees if she was not an owner of the song? And we'll talk about the differences uh, of interpolation mm -hmm. and sampling and the breakdown and through our discussion. Right. So the first issue here is that complete song ownership only comes with artists owning both the master recording and the publishing of the song. When artists do not own one or both components of a record, it is arguable as to whether or not they have say-so in the future uses of the song. The second issue is whether or not artists who perform songs but include an interpolation or sample are required to ask non-owners for permission to include elements of the song in the new recording. So again, stay tuned for the breakdown because we will go into a deep discussion on what interpolation means and what sampling means. Now, Omar, got some questions for you. Let's do it. What was your first reaction when you heard about the FNF dispute? You gave us a little bit mm -hmm. of a snippet earlier. So tell us the first thought that came to your mind. I mean, ultimately, when you scroll on Instagram and you see that, you're like, ah, oh, man, because you kind of hear about, you know, the producer um, and artist relationship and, you know, they start together and kind of don't finish together. You yeah. know, it's kind of unfortunate. But looking at, like... I don't want to say looking at the facts because their facts. All, <laughs> he said, she it's said. It's all yeah. internet, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I believe they're still in court about this matter too. So, um. everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. It's definitely unfortunate, man. You, I mean, they both extremely talented, you know what I'm saying? And they make hits together. Like, mm -hmm. they go crazy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, of, of course, you would want to hear more, you know, FNF songs. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just hope they can make amends with the whole situation. <laughs> uh, me personally, like, um, I think I stated this before, but I feel like it's definitely his record. Um, right. And at that point, you know, they split it 50-50. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a lot of um, in-between facts that aren't really clear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when did he go and uh, get that distribution deal? Did he always do it or did he do it as soon as he seen, oh, this is going somewhere? Or uh, yeah. those, those things matter. You know what I'm saying? So if he got a distribution deal for the song, 
is he required to bring her in on that? Uh, I mean, she had part in, you know, do, is it for that song? Okay. Is it for the whole project? Because, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like uh, I seen that um, it was a project that he was working on yeah. for the girl group. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So was it for the whole project? And she was just a feature on that song, or was it for that song? Right. Now, if it was for that song, then yeah. But you yeah. should do yeah, right she, by Yeah, yeah, you, I, The artist got to know about it, I feel, you know? So when you saw the Hit Kid and Glorilla situation, did it make you think about your own production process and artist relationships? I mean, it definitely uh, makes you think, like, you know, you're working, I'm working with artists too, as yeah. well, and I'm in the studio every night. It makes you think about, you know, possibilities. But I feel like, you know, it's just as long as, long as the business is taken care of, Right. then you're good. Like, I have a great team in place, an attorney that looks over everything. Yeah. Um, the way in which we work is very organized, so it, you, we're going to know. If it's not in the session, right. it's not in the song. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. You know, it's, it's, if it's not there, we have, um, basically, we give us all aux chords, each okay. producer, each musician. And in the Pro Tools session, every person has their own track. Okay. So... All the stems are there, all the ideas are there, you know, and that session is open for the whole, um, the whole session pretty much, you know, so, and we'll do automation of tempos to say, okay, we're at 150 guys, we're at 97, whatever it is, but everything is in the session. So for all those people in the session, let's say it's oh. 10 of y'all and y'all working on that one song, is that Oxcore system the way you keep track of who's doing what? Well, first, it shouldn't be 10 people. <laughs> let's just do, let's just but start we, that. But we've both been in a uh, studio. It's been I mean, so well, many yeah. people in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, if it's not in the session, it's not in the song. So what does that mean, <laughs> in the session, it's not in the song? Meaning, basically, if there's three producers, right, we all have, you know, our, our own inputs, right? right. We're going right into to, to Pro Tools, excuse me. And... The music that you're playing from your laptop is going to your own separate track. Okay. So we can go back to that session and say, okay, cool. It's all labeled. This is Omar's track. This is okay. X producer's track. This is Y producer's track. And you can kind of see, okay, cool. It's there. It's all being recorded. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's how I kind of, you know, keep track of it now. But again, like, it's not really too many people in the studio. I mean, there are, but sessions are different. It's a session yeah. to play music and it's, it's a session to lock in. Like a okay. lock in session, I can't really work with a lot of people in, yeah. in the room. It's, if you're not adding value to what's going on right now, writing, producing, and musician, it's like, kind of don't got to be there. So know? with that being two different types of sessions, you said one playing music, mm -hmm. that's just if a track is already done and you're getting yeah, feedback. Yeah, getting feedback, it. you know, you invite some people over, hey, come check this out, you know, yeah. what you think, you know, that sort of thing. Those yeah. are those sessions, but when it's time to lock in, okay, this is what we're working on. These are the sounds we're- Only you know, the real contributors. Yeah, the real contributors. So in those uh, contributing sessions, mm -hmm. Do you all have split sheets? In the session, I'm gonna be honest, like there's not gonna be a split sheet like after you get off the keys, like here, sign this. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But again, reverting back to having that system with the aux chords and the inputs and the Pro Tools, uh -huh. it's, it's very easy to go back to the session again and see okay. what tracks are there, you know, if it's labeled. And that's something that I'm very on top of because if you're not, if it's not organized and it's not labeled, then mm -hmm. that's another issue because then you don't know. Right. It's just like, 
who's in with us this day. And, you know, so that's the first thing I do. I know. So I had yeah. a song in that I was trying to clear for someone, mm. but apparently the studio session was all a mess. No one was keeping track. We did not know how to credit it, so we couldn't use the music. And it was yeah. a big song and a big show, and it was unfortunate. That happens. I mean, like, that's an important step. Organization yeah. is everything. I mean... You're not gonna go to work and not go pick up the check. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yes. you got, you're not gonna put your name. You know, you got to put your name on this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, organization is key, and it helps us in the in the long run to go back when we have to go. You know, and do see, the paperwork and do the paperwork. So I mentioned split sheets. For mm -hmm. so for those people who don't know what split sheets are, can you tell them a little bit okay, about sure. them? A split sheet is basically a sheet that divides the percentages of the collaborators on that song. Okay. So you'd have the producers, um, if it's just one producer or two, and songwriters and artists. You know, okay. That's how it would go. But it gives like a breakdown of who's going to get what percentage. It's black and white, it's on paper, and it's needed for every song. And if they're organized in a way that you are organized, yeah. you can get that split sheet signed yeah. after the session. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because okay. it should be no... You know, I did hi-hats, or I did this, or I, I sent you... No, it's, if it's not in the session, again, it's not in the song. <laughs> and you are also an instrumentalist, mm -hmm. so does the session process change if you're playing instruments mm -hmm. or you're actually producing the record? Yeah, I mean, the dynamic... Well, your contribution is your contribution, okay. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be different, you know, some sessions I'm on keys, bass, drums. It kind of just varies, but... Um, that percentage is definitely put into every record that I'm a part of. And what about songwriting? Does that also happen in the sessions as well? Yeah, of course. Like, there's definitely songwriters uh, giving um, top lines, and that percentage would be taken out of the artist's um, portion. For the actual record? For the actual song, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, got to be clear, because it gets tricky. Like, yeah. <laughs> this portion, writer, composer, it's like... No so if you are producing the record, mm -hmm. you're um, playing some instruments, and you're writing on it, you get a mm -hmm. multiple streams of income, right? Yeah. So you like those type of tracks? Yeah, 100%. I mean, so a song is 100%, right? 50 goes to the producer and the other 50 to the artist. Um, I haven't personally taken... 25 for writing a song, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there definitely are producers that do so, and it's not like not a normal thing. Like if I wrote that part, like that you know, percentage. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you know, in the mindset of just you know um, elevating, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That like, maybe that'll come later on, but you know, right now I just have my 50. You know, we're putting our magic together, and we're making yeah. a song together. You know what I'm saying? So wrote the song, and most of the times the artist is always not writing all of their lyrics. Yeah. So they're going to have to split that portion with the songwriter. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So to have, you know, my 50 take piece <laughs> of the songwriter and it's like and you can because legally it's right, yes. but like that's the thing. It's kind of like a um I don't want to say gray area, but it's like what morally should I do yeah. and legally what should I do? And it's kind of like you have to That's find that balance between yeah. morals and, and exactly. legality. You know what I'm saying? So me personally, I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But can you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of smalls the percentage for... The so guy. I've heard before that people have been in the studio and they only change one or two words. Mm -hmm. or And let's just be generous for the sake of this mm -hmm. conversation. A sentence. Mm -hmm. Are they entitled to songwriting credit? Yeah. Yeah. But it also depends on the artist and because the producer. Because it, 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 
to give that to them. It could be three words. Look at Monto Jordan, uh, this is how we do it. When that starts, you already know what time it is, see? But yeah. that's a very important part of that song. Yeah. This is how we do it, that's it, right? Yeah. So if I wrote that and that's the first part that people are gonna hear, like, yeah, that's my contribution. Yeah, people know that part, this is how we do it, and what, um, yep. Friday night, I yep. can't think right now, but you know what part exactly. I'm talking about. Certain songs have, like, it's just, it, yeah. and it's not a lot of words, it's just maybe two, three, four, series of five words, yeah. but it automatically gives you that, Yeah. that's my song, you know what exactly. I'm saying? So that counts for something. So who are the key players in the song-making process? Um, I'll say the producers. Um, songwriters if there are if it's not the artists okay. um and of course the artists those three components and any musicians just i mean that will go into production yeah. but i say those three components and is there a difference for the producer's role if people don't know exactly what the producer would do in the studio well a producer basically you're seeing that song from start to finish and doing everything in between from post-production um moving words you know from the beginning to the end or just, basically a song is like a puzzle and we're just kind of i look at it like we're just throwing paint at the wall you know what i'm saying and at the end when we have something that sticks we got to move the puzzle pieces around okay yeah. let's drop the drums here let's put the hi-hats back here the producer is the one to sonically you know bring what you guys hear you know the and, end result and what's your favorite song right now that you feel like has the best production quality uh the best production quality uh there's quite a few songs i mean one of them is nobody's probably gonna expect me to say this but it's a it's a giveon song let me go mm -hmm. like the space in that song is amazing the drums crazy the production yeah the, you know the vocal arrangement it's pretty fire it's simple but you know less is more sometimes now, I'm a fake A&R producer mm -hmm. in my head. I mm -hmm. just love music. I'm not going to work in music anymore and do mm -hmm. any recording contracts. Mm -hmm. So please do not ask. Yeah, um, but said. one of my favorite songs that I just play over and over again is um, Can't Believe the Way We Flow by James Blake. Mm -hmm. I just think his music Last is amazing. Yeah. Definitely have a good vibe. He definitely put you in that place. Yeah. So um, let's talk about interpolation. Mm -hmm. What is interpolation? Interpolation is basically replaying the music over. So you'd have a certain part of a song. If it's replayed or re-sang, then that's an interpolation because you're not using the actual original song and placing it into your new, you know, your, your, new, your new music. What is a song that first comes to mind that you can think of that has an interpolation? Interpolation, I would say... Um, Pop Smoke and the 50 Cent song, Many Men. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, that one. Um, there's a few, actually. I mean, there's a lot. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And sampling is, you know, when you use the actual song. Okay. You know, and an example of that would be Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Plan B. That's a Jodeci sample. What song was it sampled? Um, don't get me the line. I forgot the name of it. Um, you made the song? I forgot the name of it. Listen, <laughs> I work on so much music. <laughs> So much music. Another one, uh, Capella, Gellis. Okay, That's uh, yes. Back That Ass Up, Juvenile. It is. You know what I'm saying? So a sampling, like, you already love it because yeah. you loved the song before, and it's a great song. Like, he went crazy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, you already love it because it's a prior song that you were familiar with. 
And you know? the uh, since we were talking about Beyonce Khalees, I believe the energy song would have the milkshake yeah. as an interpolation. Yeah. As an interpolation, yeah. But Beyonce <laughs> ended up removing that portion of the song, and I couldn't really even tell the difference. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. So why would a producer or artist, it, well, first, is it the producer who decides on the interpolation or the sample that they're putting into the song? I would say, yeah, from a production standpoint, um, it's just if the producer is going to sample or if, you know, he has the ability to replay it like myself or have somebody else to replay it. And the difference is with sampling, basically, you have to get two different licenses and it could be way more expensive. You know what I'm saying? They can come back and say, I want 20 percent, 50 percent, 100 percent. And, you know, yeah. I got to be credited and I need an advance. It, it, oh, it, wow. it, it could it could get crazy. You know, you got to have, you know, permission from the master side and from the publishing side. If you're doing a sample. Yeah. So that reminds me of an interview I watched with Burner Boy. And he was saying that he had to give Tony Braxton 60% of his publishing yeah. <laughs> because in his song, Last Last, he sampled He Wasn't Man Enough For Me. Yep. And we all know that song. That was a classic. Yeah, the classic. video is coming to mind. Classic, classic. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on, you know, that's her ask. You gotta, you wanna use it, you gotta, you gotta well, The pay. song is high. And yeah. it, it makes other people remember exactly. those older songs. Exactly. And, you know, new artists are being introduced yep. to Tony Braxton, so. Yep, it's, it's like, a, it's a way to like introduce younger artists to older music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it helps both people out, you know? But it just depends on their ask, yeah. you know, what, what they want. Which is why I feel like, you know, if you have the ability or you know musicians, you know, definitely, you know, people go the interpolation route because you only need clearance from the, from the publishing, not the master. Right. So what is the difference between an interpolation and a cover song? Because it kind of seems like they're the same. And I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So Blast. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of music that I don't know if you would consider it a interpolation mm -hmm. or a sample. Um, so... He has a song, Falling, that mm -hmm. is a sample or interpolation from an old Tyree song. Right. And then what's his most popular song that everybody knows? Chosen. Chosen. Mm -hmm. That's a Donnell Jones mm -hmm. song. Um, is that a sample or interpolation? And those are all interpolations because those okay. are replayed. You okay. Know, those are replayed. Now, if he took the actual... I mean, it's close because, you know, those are the same chords, you know, and whatnot. But it's definitely an interpolation because they were replayed. Okay, so re by replay, do you mean different artists actually playing the physical music mm -hmm. or replaying the original track? No, uh, replaying the music. So okay. let's say if it's a guitar lick from the Donnell Jones, but I play the same notes, but oh, okay. on the piano, the notes are the notes. Oh, right, but got it's it, just, it. it's gonna bring the, you know, it's gonna be familiar to you. Cause you're gonna be like, I heard that sound before, but yeah. it sounds different because mm -hmm. it's another tone. Okay. But um, that's definitely uh, interpolation, replay. Okay, so that's how they can get yep. away with it. That's how you get away with that's it. That's crazy. Because it gets expensive, man. If, if, if depending in some, there's actually like a do not sample list of like of artists okay. that just not having it. Don't even ask. Cause, because it just gets way yeah. too pricey. Yep. And you want to know that because you don't want to, let's say, 
sample a record and I mean I don't want to say you don't want to sample a record because there's so many great songs yeah. that has you know sampling has been a part of our culture and a part of the hip-hop you know culture forever yeah you know what I'm saying and it's not going anywhere you know what I'm saying but you do have to be careful and be mindful mm -hmm. you know of what you sample because it could be expensive and if I'm you're you saying that reminds me of the Isley brothers. I feel mm -hmm. like everybody samples yeah. it. Footsteps in the dark. Mm -hmm. I feel like that has been sampled anywhere from ten to one hundred times. You hear that everywhere. Ice Cube. I mean there's so many different artists that you use that song. So I mean Mm, uh, 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 yeah. That's right, y'all hear. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my song too. That's a vibe. All right, so when you interpolate or sample a song, are you required to pay or give the previous artist credits on a song? Again, that goes back to the last question. I mean, I feel like it just depends on their ask. Some will say, you know, I have to be credited if you're gonna use it, and you know, some may not. But like I said, going back to having a good team in place, you know, I have a really great attorney and she kind of uh, just makes sure that all that is taken care of because yeah. it's better for them to know about it. Like, hey, I'm thinking about using this. Here's a song. Like, you know, I want to know about it versus me hearing something on the radio like, wait, you didn't even ask me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, so it's best to like be forward and you know. So just them know. a courtesy, whether or yeah, not they you know, hey, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna you know borrow a little bit, hey, you know, because they may just say, right, no, no problem, you know, like. I feel like if I you don't own it, I don't have to ask you. I get the whole courtesy right. point, but then in the internet days, right. let's say somebody did ask another mm -hmm. artist, can they use this song just out of a courtesy? And they said no, but they use it anyway right. because they aren't an owner. Then you yeah. go get all the yeah. screenshots, all the DMs, gets, all the mess on the internet. You get messy, you get crazy. But yeah, I would say just always ask, like okay. depending if, if you're borrowing from somebody else's work, period. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a melody, like I'm gonna use it, but I'm gonna change it. You still used it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And do you think those people who don't have any credits, like Khalees, uh, on the original song, they are mad because they won't necessarily get money off of the new use? Again, it goes back to the business between, you know, what I said before, like morally, <laughs> what's the thing to do? Like, she did sing it, you know what I'm saying? But legally it's like <laughs> that's where it gets weird you know right. what i'm saying so that's why you know the bottom line is just being a good you know being in contact with good people you know i love that you keep on mentioning the business because yeah. people don't understand that music is a music business you it's have business. to have a team in place i love that you have a great team in mm -hmm. place and your team checks everything your attorney you have a moral compass yeah. so you go and ask for permission before you sample and interpolate a song or have your people ask and yeah. it just shows good character yeah Right? Yeah, they want to know first, like, okay, cool, thank you, you know? But if they just hear it, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so what advice would you give up-and-coming producers who want to do what you're doing? Number one, have a team in place. Like, the most important thing you need is a lawyer. Y'all yeah. hear that? Yeah. The most important yeah. thing you need is a lawyer. I yeah. love that so much. And you need a lawyer. You, you got to know what you're signing, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, this is your life like yeah and you got to treat it like that serious because it's your life it's your life <laughs> like, yeah so definitely have a team in place another thing i would say is um like don't expect everybody to be like you you know what i'm saying like just again it's a business you know what i'm saying it's, and it's not personal you got to manage your expectations you know what i'm saying so but 
definitely have a team is number one, and uh, don't expect everybody to be like you. Or your friend, right? Yep. Business first. Business first. So three takeaways from our discussion with Omar. First, true music ownership comes from owning both the master recording and the publishing side of a record. Second, split sheets in the studio sessions is the best method to ensure artists get credits and payments for their participation in the record. However, we also learn to have organization and different tools ahead of time that tracks your participation in the song, and then you can do the split sheets later. Third, interpolation and music sampling introduces new audience to older songs. So thank you so much for being on Pop Wall Podcast. I'm very excited to have you and all your contributions to music that have currently happened, but the future is bright. So I'm very mm -hmm. excited. Tell everybody where they can find you if they want to get in touch, if it's just to follow you, mm -hmm. if they need some music production. Right. Yep. Uh, Instagram, you can follow me at Omar Grand. That's O-M-A-R-G-R-A-N-D. Um, stuff I'm working on right now. Um, got some more music with Yo Dog coming right now. Okay. Definitely a great artist to look forward to. Um, got some stuff with Capella coming. Um, been doing some musical direction um, and arranging. Just kind of adding value yeah. in different areas of music. Um, and just uh, keeping it consistent, man. That's yeah. my thing, man. But just staying busy. Booked staying and busy because I haven't busy. seen you in so long. Staying busy, man. That's the thing. You can't win today's game with yesterday's points. <laughs> Whoa. That's it. So, that is a word. Say gotta, that again. Say that again slowly. You can't win today's game with yesterday's points. So it's, I'm, I'm still it's, in it's that. due every day with You cannot points. win today's game with yesterday's points. Yep. All right. That is coming in my Rolodex. That's 100%. You can apply that to life. Life. Wow. Yep. And that's just the energy I, I have with music. We said Omar the Great can do anything. You yeah. dropping gems all around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Pop Wall Podcast. Tap into Pop Wall Podcast on Instagram. Visit our website at popwallpodcast.com. Pop Wall Podcast is available on YouTube. And be sure to subscribe and listen to the Pop Wall Podcast audio versions on all streaming platforms presented to you by Revolt Podcast Network. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm still not your attorney. Before we get out of here, let me tell y'all, Prime Video is launching Culture Rated, a celebration of the Black perspective and community. Culture Rated references the unique culture of the African diaspora and the power that the Black perspective has to influence culture. The platform amplifies the Black community's thoughts, opinions, and insights on what is taking place in the entertainment landscape and will provide a space for continued dialogue from Black voices. Prime Video has a wide variety of Black-led content available, Prime Originals, and others. The immersive platform highlights the talents of the Black entertainment industry with titles in romance, comedy, and even kids' content. You can watch Prime Video's original shows and movies, rent or buy the classics, or subscribe to some of your favorite channels. With Culture Rated, dive deep into entertainment curated for and by the culture. For more information, visit amazon.com backslash PV. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. 
that will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.